What up, guys? Welcome to the Sound Central Podcast. I'm Samuel Farfo. I'm Adam Dash. And thank you guys for tuning in for another episode. Today we have a very special guest with us from Staten Island, New York. You may know him as Stoic. He's easily one of the most talented producers that we have of this generation. And his work has extended to the likes of CJ Fly, McJenkins, GID, and the list just goes on. So there's no even no reason to keep going. But um, he's laid down a visionary and amazing blueprint and platform for a lot of artists to you know grow from so if you're an up-and-coming producer artist really just any creative right now uh this is gonna be the episode for you and it's gonna resonate with you uh but stoic thank you so much for being here and welcome to sound centric sam thank you thank you both thanks for the nice intro that was beautiful um yeah i'm excited to be here well, mm-hmm. throw him buys exclusive beats please guys help him out please bro <laughs> this house isn't paying for itself yeah <laughs> Man, we we don't we don't mess with YouTube MP3 converter. Buy that exclusive. Nah, you know what's funny? Um, someone actually commented recently. They're like, "Yo, you, you say like, where's the free download button?" I just said YouTube yeah. MP3. Like, do it. I don't care. It's my, it's Steal my the beat, man. Whatever. Yeah. It's my entire live right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. I've done it. We have a lot of things to dive into, but first, I want to ask you because I'm a huge fan of this person. I followed you for years, and you've made. A lot of JID type beats. What did it feel like? And you make Mick Jenkins type beats. What did it feel mm-hmm. like getting the man himself on your beat? Oh my God. I remember it like so vividly. Um, I, so the song uh, Smoke Break Dance was already, we, me and Mick already had made that. And um, like two months after I thought the song was finished, he sends me a text with like a random uh, file and he, and he goes, don't send this to anyone. And I, that's all he said. It didn't say anything else. Yeah. So I was like, Oh shit, what is this? And I listened and I heard Jid at the end. I couldn't believe it. I was driving and I stopped. I had to pull over. I probably listened to it a hundred times that day. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was an amazing verse too. So props to Jid, you know, he always kills the shit. That's awesome. I imagine you reacting like how Travis, when he saw the Drake verse on sicko mode, just like running around Bruh. the house. Yeah. I, it's funny. I was with my homies and we were just bugging out. And, um, I remember we immediately, we were like, all right, we got to celebrate. It was like two in the afternoon on a Saturday. We're like, yeah, we're, we're going to go out drinking right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. We had right. a blast. The verse is so good. He does sort of the melodical part and he goes right into the mm-hmm. bars. Mm-hmm. It's just, the song's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He really brought it all on that verse. And Mick too, obviously. But um, I'm really happy that they chose to use that beat because yeah. uh, – I was I was very proud of that beat because I you know I didn't use any samples on it and I played all the instruments and I made it in my bedroom on my laptop so it was just like a, a nice um, feeling. Yeah. And just to get this right too, originally you're gonna use that instrumental for your own project, correct? Um, I I'm not I don't remember if it was something like that. I did record a demo over it of me singing which is somewhere floating around on TikTok right now. But um, yeah, I was going to, I was going to, I was thinking of maybe putting out a track and um, yeah, I'm happy that I didn't do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always difficult too, because if you're a producer and you make something for your own kind of project and then you work and collaborate with another artist and they want it, how, what's going through your head at that point? Let it go. It's it's Um, Jenkins work now or... Yeah, it really depends on who the artist is. Like, um, I don't, I, I, it's such a fulfilling feeling to um, make your own thing. 
rather than give it to someone else. And, you know, now it's kind of theirs too. But if the artist is someone that I really love and I've listened to them for such a long time, like Mick, um, you know, I'm probably going to give over that beat, you know. And now, so we're in a different new day and age where as a producer, it's not like what Kanye had to go through where you're going like to label to label and hoping Mm -hmm. someone picks your beat. So you've utilized YouTube. Um, There's a lot of producers like you that I'm sure you're friends with. Um, I want to know more about the YouTube like community of you producers, like how close you guys are, how you started building your business off of it, because I would guess that you guys make a lot more money than people actually know about, because there's a lot of people like me who are buying the $30 MP3 or buying these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the YouTube producer community, I love like a lot of the guys I've met. Um, and actually some of my best friends in the world right now, I met from YouTube, from production um, Pilot Kid, Eerie Skies, Bailey yeah. Daniel, those are like three of my best friends and we're actually all taking a trip to LA um, next month. Yeah, yeah. So like, I love the community. It's, there are, I think in the past like five years, the guys that like my peers have really reinvented the tight beat game and showed people like, these are real beats. Like, Artists yeah. like these, like these are like industry level beats and um, just because they're on YouTube doesn't make them yeah. any better or worse. So um, go, I think it's, I think it's great. And to go off that. So um, I'm not sure this is how you pronounce it, but Batman, BVT man. Yes. He has J. Cole hop on a song. How do you guys react in the community? Like, oh, the, one of the goats actually saw a type beat and is like, yeah. and that note he sent to him really shows that you guys are amazing musicians and not just some group to put in yeah i remember that day everyone was going crazy because um you know everyone's had their success here and there um you know my friend uh pilot kid has a track that with joey badass that came from a youtube beat obviously me with jid that was also a youtube beat um but for a guy like cole to be scouring uh j cole type beats on youtube is amazing and it just shows like there really is no ceiling to this to this thing. Mm-hmm. And I also want to pick your brain a little bit and honestly push back. And I know a lot of artists are really thankful for that YouTube community, the type beats and everything, being able to utilize that practice and also just kind of discover their sound. But there's also another side to it where producers and specifically up and coming producers are now just trying to make type beats, trying to sound like what's already out there. And then you have certain artists, I remember Russ, and he got some backlash for this, for blaming producers on why hip-hop may be stagnating in sound, because producers aren't evolving their sound, and because producers are trying to make tight beats, and again, copy what's out there. But I wanted mm-hmm. to know what you think about that. Um, yeah, I don't think that's a great take, because mm-hmm. that's all music is, that's all music has ever been, is, um, you know, borrowing sounds from this, and and using influences nothing exists in a vacuum so to say that just because people are labeling them as type beats you know it's not progressing at all i don't think is fair um and i know a lot of guys that make type beats that make some stuff that i've never heard before and it's like Mm -hmm. i even have that problem a lot where you know i still make type beats all the time and i upload them every week and i'll be like damn this doesn't sound like anybody and that's a problem I run into a lot. Um, so I don't think that's a fair take by Mr. Russ, but <laughs> you know, maybe he knows more than I do. So, so how does that work? Do you come into a song? I assume based on your answer that you don't, 
But do you have an idea of an artist you're like, oh, I want J.I.D. or I want Cole or I want Freddie Gibbs on this sounding beat? And also, you don't have a producer tag specifically. Like you have a sound that goes off in the mm-hmm. beginning of your songs, but you don't yeah. have like a very loud voice saying like, stoic. Um, yeah. What, what went into that decision too? <laughs> um, well, to answer your first question, I don't go into anything trying to sound like trying to make any specific sound. Usually, um, sometimes I'll be, you know, uh, mot- like motivated by whatever I'm listening to that day, and I'll be like, oh, you know, this this is cool. Maybe I'll make some drums like this and something like that. But usually, it's just like whatever direction the feeling of the music takes me that day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as for not having a beat tag. I played around with a few different beat tags uh, when I was coming up. I had like, um, uh, well, my first one was like this girl saying like another stoic production, yeah. and that was corny, obviously. Um, and then I had another one that was like uh, my my rap. Uh, one of one of my artist friends, his name is Drew the Kid. He he made me one, and it said stoic, looking fired up. And, uh, that was cool, but I, I don't know, nothing really stuck and nothing really like, I I didn't love anything until I found that fucking laser sound. Yeah. Can I curse? Yeah, you can curse. Yeah. Yeah. You can. can, Yeah. That laser sound. Um, I put it everywhere and that's my tag now. And, um, it just goes everywhere. And I think it actually, I think a good tag improves the beat and doesn't distract from it. So like you know metro's tag or pierre yeah. like those guys like you hear that shit you're like ooh, like yeah. I'm, you're about to hear something cool so yeah. i think just having that little laser like ooh, that's uh it sounds nice over everything that i make so yeah you know. i was trying to go through my high school music to find like what songs i've made over your beats and mm. there's just there's no obnoxious tag for me like oh that's stoic uh, <laughs> yeah a lot of people say like they can hear my drums. like so yeah, I, the, now I can the, tell if it's your beat. That's kind cool. Of. I think that's really cool because it's obviously not like a conscious decision that I make, but it makes sense because all the sounds that I pick are stuff that I like. So when everything is just what I like, you know, you're eventually going to create a sound without trying or even knowing. Yeah. You know, so that's cool. And something that's less fun to talk about, but very important for people listening is the business mm-hmm. side of it and actually growing your page. Obviously, talent gets you there, but that's not just it. I mean, from a fan perspective, sometimes it can literally be the picture on on that you decide to post on the YouTube video that makes me click, which is crazy. Yeah. But like, yeah. what? When? How do you market your music? How did you grow this brand? You have eighty thousand subscribers. Maybe it's more than that. Yep. Yeah. How did you do it? Yeah. Um, yeah. That I like that you said that because the thumbnail is so important, and it doesn't even. It's not just with type beats. It's with all right. of YouTube. You know, you you see interviews of like Mr. Beast talking about spending hours on optimizing his thumbnails to get people to click. And there are ways to like, you know, make sure that people click and not just scroll by your video. So things like including like bright colors in your thumbnail, like like stuff that's like or even I've found that people are drawn to like if it's like a picture of like a face, right? Like if the face has like an animated expression on it, like like it's like someone yelling like ah. uh-huh. like that's the thumbnail for whatever reason people are drawn to that um so i do spend a lot of time on trying to like curate the perfect aesthetic for that um 
And I don't know. I also have a little bit of like synesthesia. So when I hear, you know, if I hear this beat oh, this sounds red and I need to make sure that that matches and, you know, um, maybe that plays a role. But um, in terms of just like growing on YouTube, it was really just the consistency. Like I've been releasing a beat every other day for the past four years and I still am. Um, That's insane. So, you know, I have 700 plus beats up there. And, you know, it's just a numbers game at that point, right? You have so many things out there. You got to cast a wide net and see what people like. And then once you get those videos that like, you know, I get a Tyler, the creator beat that has, that I see gets 50,000 views. Then I go, oh shit, I should make more of those. And it's really just as simple as that. But the the only way like to not succeed is like to stop, to not be consistent, you know? Yeah. My brother always says to me to spread your luck surface area. So yep. sometimes luck literally happens. Someone goes and buys a ticket to yeah. win the lottery. But most of the time, you had to put the work in for luck to even occur. Jay didn't, just, didn't yes. just find your beat. You made enough beats that people finally found it and maybe one video breaks. So I think that's like yeah. a very important thing to keep in mind. Um, it's That's a great point. Um, and people, when they get to a certain level, like to discount luck. Cause it, some people think that luck and hard work can't work together, Yeah, but they do. I got extremely lucky to be found to like even have any videos, uh, have any beats blow up in the vast sea of, uh, you know, producers. There's probably 10,000 type beats posted on YouTube every day. So mm -hmm. for someone to find yours and subscribe to your channel and buy a beat, this is, that's very lucky. So, yeah. you, you know. But you got to put yourself in the right position. Mm -hmm. And, and it, consistency. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I uh, really quick. It, it's funny because the way that the JID verse even happened was um, just something that I had set up with Mick. So I saw that Mick was offering features on his Instagram story way back in November last year. And I hit him up. I was like, yo, I'd love a feature on this song. So I sent him over a beat. The beat I sent him was the Smoke Breakdance beat. And um, he's like, I can't do the feature over this because I need this for my album. So, yes, you know, just putting yourself in that position, like if I had never thought to say, oh, let me get a beat from this guy or let me let me get a verse from this guy, um, that would have never even happened. He wouldn't know who I am. So um, you got to just keep trying to set yourself up to be in that position and get lucky. Mm -hmm. And being in that, um, that mindset of always being consistent is always the way to go. And I'm a big mm -hmm. person who firmly believes in your um, practice should come before looking for income. And some people might debate me on that, but even when it comes to creative, your creative craft, you need to be able to create something that is quality enough before you start thinking about mm -hmm. cash and money, things like that. But of course, it gets to a point where you're putting so much work into your, your craft that you got to start making money from it. I know BeatStars is a huge platform that so many different producers use. I'm not sure about your relationship with them. I saw the billboard and all the great stuff you've been doing with them, the interviews. Um, and that's just because of your hard work you've put in. What do you think is the best way for a producer to, to be heard? Or that's through BeatStars, finding a way through the YouTube community. Um, whether that's making money either or just trying to get discovered. What do you mm. think? Well, on the BeatStars end, I can't say much because... Mm. I don't really put too much effort or thought into uh, growing my BeatStars audience as much as I do YouTube. And then the YouTube just funnels to BeatStars. So I don't really have any good pointers on there. I know a lot of people do promo on there. 
um, to get their beats to the top of the charts for a week, let's say. Um, and I've seen that work before, but um, for me, it's really just taking people from YouTube. Um, originally, when I started out back in 2016, I was I was going on Instagram and cold DMing 100 people a day to try to get them to buy a beat that they didn't want, some shitty beat. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just try to do a little bit of everything. Right now, my answer would be go on TikTok and try to, you know, get in front of as many eyes as possible because though I don't use it that much, I know that that is the way um, mm. in 2023. Like that, yeah. th if I was starting today, I would go crazy on TikTok, um, you know, Instagram reels, YouTube, uh, uh, whatever they call it, um, but shorts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that stuff right now is like changing people's lives. Yeah. yeah. And so what's it? So we talked about this right before we recorded that you have a song with Ty Verdez, who's amazing. The song's amazing. But I have remembered, I'm like, oh, I've used this beat before. So mm -hmm. what is it? So this is a double question. What's it like hearing multiple artists use a beat? And like, obviously, each artist can go such a different direction with that. Like, how cool is that for you to see different artistry? And then also, well, I'm kind of blanking on what I was going to ask. Start with that one. <laughs> what's it like? Yeah, I'll take that artists? one. Um, it's weird because... I'll get sent a demo from like an artist friend and I really like it. And then I'll get sent another one, but the first one is still stuck in my head. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this. It's it doesn't sound right, but that's because I already have the other one stuck in my head. For example, yeah. like I'll get like um, a rapper that sends me a demo over the beat and I'll be like, yeah, this is fire. And then the next week I'll get a singer over the same beat sending me a demo. And I'm like, is this good? Like what, yeah. what's missing, but it's just cause it's so different. So it is, it is cool to see the way that people, different ways that people can take um, yeah. a beat and use it. I had the follow up to that was what's it mm. like working in person versus getting those just sent to you? Like how much more fun is it to work in person um, and work with the rapper and being like, Oh, I think in this pocket you can like, should have gone. Here. Yeah. I only, um, I only work in person with a handful of people like CJ um rayon uh nick caution occasionally um but i uh it's definitely more uh fulfilling having input and saying like oh you know let's do this 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 it feels like when you make when when you have your final product like it's you're more proud of it um that's just you know how i feel about it yeah um but no, I like being sent demos too, because it's cool. I don't even have to be in the studio. I don't have to record anyone. I don't have to do a million takes. Like yeah. I just get the fi the final product and I get to say if it's cool or not. So that's also good because I'm pretty lazy. Yeah, especially with, in this day and age with so much technology, it's so easy to bounce tracks. It's so easy just to record in you know mm -hmm. your room nowadays. I'm a big proponent of um, trying to be in person as much as possible to get those authentic juices going. But I really mm -hmm. wanted to piggyback off what you said earlier about TikTok being the way. And if you don't know me by now, everyone knows that I'm an old head and you're from Staten <laughs> Island. There's plenty mm -hmm. of hip-hop old heads out there. Yes. And some producers, artists in general, creatives in general, they just want to make the art. They're not looking to hop on the camera and do this, do that, jucking and jiving. But yep. at the same time, that is the way. So do you think there's a healthy balance between that or do you just have to capitalize off TikTok and the algorithm and start putting out music through there and getting your face out there? So I can't really say because um, 
I haven't seen anyone like I haven't seen a producer, let's say, um, blow up solely off of TikTok. And maybe I just haven't seen him. I'm sure it's happened, but I haven't seen it. Um, but I have seen producers like without doing the whole dancing in front of the camera thing. I'll see producers, you know, take a video like Bailey Daniel did this last week um, where he took a video of these guys skateboarding right down. Like there was a sunset behind them. And all he did was overlay his beat. And that got like tens of thousands of views. And, you know, it was a great way to showcase his beat. So there's definitely a lot of ways to do it. And that's probably the way that I would pick um, if I were trying to do that right now. Yeah. And this might be a question that Bailey could answer better since you don't really use TikTok. But mm. how do you convert those casual views to actual someone? Just like how do they know that this is actually a beat that Bailey Daniel made and there's a place to go buy that beat? Yeah, that's the hardest part. Um, I mean, first off, getting people to leave the TikTok app for anything is really tough because as we know, it's super addicting and TikTok makes it so that it's almost hard to leave the app. They don't want you to get off the app. They want all your time and attention. So getting people to actually go to your YouTube or go to your Instagram or go to something else is almost impossible sometimes. But a good way to do that is... They say people don't like um, the brain doesn't like notice or like take note of of um, what it's seeing. Like you don't really make sense of something until you see it like multiple times. So I would say, you know, take that beat and put it somewhere like 10 times. And by the 10th time, maybe people will be like, oh, shit, I like this. Let me see if it's yeah. on Spotify, maybe or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's better ways, but I'm probably not the right guy to talk to about it. No, that's facts because mm-hmm. like that's our idea for the podcast is posting enough clips and we know it's hard to get someone to go to YouTube to watch a 40 long 40 minute long interview. Yeah. But if they see sound centric six times and each time they liked or thought the take was funny or entertaining, mm-hmm. maybe the sixth time they're like, all right, I keep seeing these guys. Like yes. let me click the profile. Yeah, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get people coming to whatever wherever you're trying to send them off of one one video. It just doesn't work like that. Like um it needs to be multiple and like, you know, over the span of weeks and even months maybe. But uh, if you, it's the same thing, consistency. If you keep at it, they'll they'll yeah. find you. And, and in my in, mind, oh. I'll say in my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but if I was a producer and I was on TikTok, my angle would be for somebody within a label to see it. And obviously I'm getting followers and engagements. So that's mm-hmm. credibility right there. And it's a lot more difficult for producers. So shout out to the producers who are doing this because for an artist, if somebody likes a song, okay, I'm going to look it up or see, you know, where's the song at so I can listen to it. For producer and an instrumental, it might be more difficult. But if you're putting out great content, which people are engaging, hopefully somebody at a higher, you know, company or something like that can, can give you a position, I guess. I don't know. Well, I would just be most uh, interested in artists finding my stuff. Um, So like I've seen it before, like, um, one of my homies posted a, a song of his and Logic commented on it saying it was fire. And actually, um, the producer, I won't say the name because they got something in the works, but the producer of that song is a friend of mine and Logic hit him up through a TikTok song. So like mm. that is, you know, everyone's on TikTok now, like every artist, all, all these people, like I've had like Kenny Beats comment on my stuff before and like. Deontay Hitchcock all the time. Yeah, Yeah. shit like that. So like people are on there. It's just like, you know, um, you got to get in front of their eyes somehow. 
Yeah. It's really remarkable to see the community. That's why I guess I'm shocked by you think it would be so competitive, it's oversaturated, everyone's fighting tooth and nail, but no. People are coming together to make things work. And one of the most interesting things about you, and this might come from ignorance, but it's the fact that you have a manager, um, Tony DeMeo. And from what I know, I haven't seen a producer, independent producer, have a manager, let alone some independent artists who don't have managers. But as a producer, you have a manager. And I just wanted to you know, ask why I have a manager, what he does for you, and why do you think maybe more producers should start um, getting a manager to help them in their career? Well, I don't think it's necessary, but for me, I love the idea of I'm just going to focus on the music. You're going to take care of the other stuff because my, uh, aside from the music, I have a ton of day-to-day stuff um, that, you know, would take up so much time. And uh, it just... I don't know. It, he does. He does so much for me. Shout out Tony. He's the man. Shout he Tony. was. He was not. Um, just for some background, he was not involved in the music industry at all. He was just a friend of mine from college, um, and he just has such a love for music. And um, you know, he was always really involved in what I was doing. And I'm like, damn, you want to be like my manager? Because I have this stuff I could, you know, I could use you for and. He's really good at networking. I'm not very good at talking about like, um, you know, myself and like yeah. marketing myself to other people. So he takes care of that, S- finds shows, like sets up shows. He got us at SOBs, which is like a Fire. pretty big music spot in New York City. Um, he got us to play there and now we're welcome back and we're going to go again. And like all this stuff he does, you know, um, it's just... Uh, it really saves me a lot of time and headaches and um, helps us go further in less time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me put it this way too. Um, I'll say it's needed if you're not willing to get into the music business though. Cause I know like, again, yeah, most artists, they're just trying to make the music. They don't want to yeah. deal with all of that. Um, yeah. Your manager can definitely help at the end of the day. Yeah. And um, I mean, that that's just the beginning of what he does for me. Like, uh, for example, we're working on the album Piranha right now, and the amount of stuff that goes on behind the scenes for making an album, um, especially now that I'm working with people that you know are a little higher up, um, having to deal with their labels, having to go back and forth. Can we release this song? Do we need sample? Like, do we have to say where the sample um, came from? Stuff like that. Like all this back end stuff. He's completely on top of that. Whereas if it was me, this album wouldn't even come out because it's way too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's dive into the album. Well, first I want to say that you work with so many amazing artists that people should listen to. So I'm just going to read off a couple. Sorry if I pronounced their name wrong. Hopefully oh, yeah. not. Uh, ben Beal, who is my brother's good college friend. So shout out Ben Beal. Oh, that's cool. Music. Yeah, um, Ben's the only. Uh, Deontay, we talked about. Need him on. We need a full album from you guys because him over those beats is undefeated. Um, Nick Caution, Eric the Architect. I mean, Yo, you Deontay, cool? if you're listening to this, Let's get an album. Let's do it. We all want, want it. He responded to my tweet today. So I'm going to tweet him again. We're going to spam him. That's um, fire. You got like the whole Beast Coast. You got Nick Caution. You got Eric the Architect. That's crazy. And Nick, the songs that he's on on your beats are insane. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we got a lot more coming, let's just say. Let's go. Um, Azar, yeah. You're on the new Azar album with that the single. I have that stuck in my head right now. Uh, Jeff, oh, yeah, yeah. Jeb is all over my um, Twitter. People just talking yep. about him. But yep. you're working with CJ. Someone because you're obviously a Joey Badass fan. You're obviously a 1999 fan. 
CJ Fly, an instrumental part of that album. Obviously, his own mm-hmm. music's amazing too. How did this? Ha- how are you guys together? How are you ranking the album together? What does it <clears> sound <throat> like? The singles are crazy. Mm. So, was- yeah, um, I got a shout out. A good friend. Uh, her name is Chelsea Reject. She's an artist. She makes amazing music. Also, she's a rapper from Brooklyn, and um, we. Uh, she found me off YouTube, and then we started working together. Um, you know, hitting the studio like you know, a few times a month. And then uh, she's been. She was like childhood friends with um, CJ, and also another artist from Pro Era. Her name is Tina Apex. Um, oh, yeah. It was also featured on 1999, but I got close with Chelsea and then Tina. And then um, I knew Nick, Nick Caution through other means, just like kind of by accident, like we met. So it just kind of all came together. And then, you know, we started making music and they were like, yo, CJ, you got to hear this kid. Like you guys make some fire together. And then we just kind of linked up and um, we became really good friends too. Like, uh, during the process of the album, CJ was, um, would drive up to my crib from Brooklyn like once a week. He would sleep here. Like we'd go out to dinner together. Like he's a great dude. And uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a nice experience. Um, but the album is really, really, really good. I really can't wait for people to hear it. Yeah, and you guys are putting you guys are putting the marketing into it. I mean, you had the whole boat short video. Like, yeah. It definitely feels like a step up from like a marketing perspective of how much work you guys are putting into the product. Yeah, and again, that goes back to well, obviously CJ has been doing this a lot longer than I have, so he knows what has to go into it. Yeah. Um, but now for this album, I, you know, I have Tony on board, and he's been very instrumental in you know setting up um, uh, things with music videos and doing editing for me and. Um, hiring like videographers to document behind the scenes stuff like all this you know is wouldn't have been done without both of them so very lucky to have them and it's really important too with that marketing aspect and i know a lot of times independent artists can be somewhat defeated in a sense not trying to market getting that behind the scenes view uh and recently you guys released the music video for bumbo if i pronounced that right yes um what what went into that and also the importance of marketing again uh and i also i think that over time i think there's been less emphasis on music videos but people are still putting pressure and put still putting gas to the flame so why do you think that's important yeah uh well I do feel like music videos became a little less important over time, but now when we're in the, you know, the era of 30 second clips and TikToks and reels, they're beginning to become more important than ever. I think, uh, there's so many artists that I've found just from having dope music videos. Um, specifically this, this dude, I don't know if you guys have heard of Benjamin Earl Turner. Maybe I'm sure it's come up on my Twitter. He has this one video um i'm blanking on the name right now but he has this one video that it was like the best music video i've seen all year and it's just this unknown guy pretty you know relatively unknown guy and from there on i've been a fan of his just from that one video so you really can't underplay the importance of it also you know being able to go viral get a million views on uh you know a 30 second clip of a music video does a lot for you it puts you in front of a lot of eyes and um you know, helps with connections and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. 
So a lot of people might be wondering this. When it comes to getting beats to people who might be higher up in their career right now, so say mm-hmm. Ben Beal or say, I mean, Nick Caution, you kind of touched on how that happened. Is mm-hmm. he on YouTube seeing your beat? Did you reach out to him? Does he reach out to you? Is it a mutual respect thing? Like, yeah, let's just get something. Yeah, so for Ben specifically, it was like that. Um, I, I'd always known of Ben for, you know, for the past few years. He has some pretty gigantic songs out. Um, mm-hmm. But I think with that, it was kind of just like seeing each other in the same circles, which is also important. Just like a lot of people like to call it networking, but I think it's just like, whenever I see someone dope on, you know, doing their thing, putting out good music, I just reach out to them and I say, yo, this is awesome. Like, I don't hit them with like, yo, are you trying to work? Like, yo, I got beats for you. I actually never do that anymore. I never DM someone and say, yo, I got beats. Like rarely, rarely do that. Um, I'll pretty much just say, yo, the new single's crazy or the new EP is crazy. Like, and people are receptive to that because you're just being a person. Like so many people get lost in like trying to like, you know, move up and all this stuff, they forget like people just want that human interaction. So just be normal. Yeah. And I, I've seen so much good come from just like trying to be a friend rather than, you know, work. Yeah. Amina touched on this in an interview and on the album with Kei Trinata. But Kei Trinata years ago just hit him up and now years later, they're both top yeah. of their game, making an amazing album together. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it, it also comes down to like making all those little plays because like Ben probably, for example, wouldn't have known. He, he might not have known about me before I dropped that the song with Mick and Jib. Yeah. Right. So I got a lot of eyes on me from that. And then, you know, I'm able to kind of leverage that and just be like, hey, you know, I make some cool stuff. Maybe we should make cool stuff together. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, all of that. And it just comes back to consistency and just getting your stuff in front of people, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're putting in the work 24-7 along with the Jenkins Project, uh, Piranha, of course. You also dropped um, an album of Rayon um, back Shout in February. Rayon. So I wanted you yes. to have the platform to talk about that, how that went, and the process behind the album. Yeah, Rayon is uh, he's, he's just a a friend so we both grew up in staten island uh we went to the same high school and we've just been boys since then um but i remember when i started making beats back in 2016 um you know he was rapping for fun he's always been writing and freestyling he was just always that dude like at school that was fucking he's the the rapper kid and uh but he is not he's one of the nicest rappers in the world like i i stand by that and um yeah, we just, uh, I think we got in the studio just for fun because we, we, that's just something we like to do back in 2022. 20, uh, we got in the studio one day and we're like, ah, oh, this song's really good. We should put it out. And then we're like, maybe we should just make a whole album. Like, let's make nine more songs and just put it out as an album because neither of us had ever released an album before. And um, I think we wrapped that up over the course of like four months and uh I really love Dummy. I I wish it um, that more people will hear it. Hopefully, one day when they go back in the discography. But Dummy is a really, really uh, it's very close to my heart. That album. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. and that's why I wanted to give you that platform to speak about it because it's an exceptional album. Rayon, I saw you guys' um, in-house a tiny desk concert. Yes. He is an incredible awesome. rapper. 
And yes. I know that collaboration has always been a part of hip hop, the producer and the rapper. Back then, instrumental albums used to be a huge role, like in terms of um, getting that out there. Not so much anymore. Uh, but do you think producers should also focus on just putting out instrumental works out there? Or do you think they should use their time more wisely with collaborating with an artist? You know, I'm probably in the minority here, but I don't like, I don't love instrumental albums that much. Um, the best one I think I've ever heard, or I've heard in recent years, was Kenny Beats' Louie album. Oh, That's so one of my favorite albums of all time. And I think he did it, he did it the best, like, almost like the best I've ever heard. Um, every song is so engaging and, like, keeps you interested. Every two bars, something changes, or he adds something in or takes something out, and it's like, damn, like, you could tell this guy was really like, he put a lot of thought into how he wanted it to come across. Some instrumental albums are literally just like, you can tell they just made a beat, looped it for two minutes and then did that 20 <laughs> times. Yeah. And like, there's really no character to that. I also love um, The Alchemist put out a beat tape uh, last year or two years ago. It's called The Food Villain. And the Action Bronson it, one on that. Uh, there is one track with action, but the rest of it is instrumental. And um, it's great because he uses clips from Action Bronson Action Bronson's show. Fuck, that's delicious. Yeah, and it's just it's funny. It's like it keeps your attention. The beats are amazing. Um, I think if you're going to make an instrumental album, you have to have a little more to it. You have to have skits. Yeah. You have to have um, really, really like uh, just engaging beats. Like yeah. you know, but that's that's yeah. just what I think. Yeah. I wish yeah. that Remy Wolf one had a verse in it or something on the Kenny Beats. Oh my god! No, so that good. song is that song is perfect. I love I mean, that song. It's great with our high pitched vocal. And yeah. Our, one more shout out, Action Bronson. Get on a stoic beat. The hell? What yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, it's funny. Uh, like la earlier this year, I um, went to Action Bronson's. Um, he has like a block party thing that he yeah, hosts that. with where he cooks, and um, I met him and. I gave him some homemade empanadas um, that my mom made, and I slipped That's in awesome. a, a a flash drive of beats to for <laughs> for him. But I don't know if he ever. I mean, he never got back to me, so either he didn't like them or he didn't see him. Man, but uh, them. one day, one day. But you've you've named a bunch of producers and rappers who are so amazing. So I'm curious, who are like your goats? Who are you looking at? Who do you hmm. want to work with? Who have you met that's kind of like maybe dropped some knowledge on you? That's been like great to. A, a rising producer in the game uh i'd say my well my goat um just in general a few of them are kendrick uh earl and um tyler's up there uh mf doom mf doom kind of got me into making music between mf doom and tyler um their styles of production really like paved the way for me to be like oh shit like this is really cool i, I want to try making this um so those are my goats i would love to work with earl uh he's probably the top of the list um and i'd say for, honestly the most knowledge i've gotten from like any artist that i've met or worked with is from cj like this dude is like you know he's been all around the world performing music um and just has so many like like pieces of advice for me. You know, he's a little bit older than me, so he's yeah. you know a little more experience in life. And uh, he really just like um, 
I don't know. He, he says some good stuff sometimes, but I'm done gassing him up because I, I, I hope he doesn't watch this. I got to throw in some insults what, soon. What's your, this is on the spot. What's your favorite Tyler beat? Ooh. I got to think about this for myself. Yeah, you know, I really love um, – I was just listening to Two Seater, so that's like fresh oh. in my mind. Yeah. Two Seater is amazing. I think that whole album, Cherry Bomb, is some of the craziest beats, like uh, oh, Smuckers, okay. obviously. That's, um, Smuckers was my answer, probably. Yeah, Smuckers is crazy. Um, oh, uh, Corso on um, Call Me If You Get Lost. One of the hardest beats I ever heard in my life. When I heard that, like – I, I pr- yeah, that was my most listened to song actually of um, 2021 um, or 2022. But that that beat is amazing, really crazy. Talking that fresh shit, I don't need gum. Oh <laughs> yeah, live too. I saw him live in Vegas. That that it went crazy, crazy. Probably my, probably my favorite show ever that I've seen. I saw him in Columbus. Also dropping oh, seeds. I just need Lil Wayne on an album. Yeah, I keep tweeting this. Wayne just either work with Westside Gun or work with yeah. Tyler Crater. And get on oh, some good A uh, uh, full album produced by Tyler with just Wayne and Kanye. That shit would be amazing. Because mm-hmm. my only Wayne hang up, hung, hung up, hang up is that hang some up. of the beats that he chooses are just not for me personally. But yeah. he comes out with this Benny song over that mm-hmm. instrumental and sticking to that dog subject. And I'm like, yo, just yeah. do this for a whole I album. Know. There's so, you know who I think would really benefit from a switch up in beats is Drake. I would love a Drake Doctor. album. Not yet. Uh, obviously, <laughs> conductor is you know very like relevant, but even a Drake. What about a Drake album produced by The Alchemist or produced by Madlib? That know. would be the craziest uh-huh. shit. Oh my I, god! I'm my sorry sh- to break it to y'all, but it's gonna, it's, we're not gonna getting happen. that old Drake. We gotta move forward, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> no, not old Drake, but think of Just, Drake in like 10, 15 years when he's starting to age. You know, kind of like a Jay Z four forty four when he no just kind of reflects yeah. on shit. I think that, like, or even no idea if he produced Drake stuff, like, that would be amazing. And I think we're going to get it, but I think we got to wait, like, yeah. till Drake gets old. I just want to put no. some perspective. At that age, Jay-Z dropped American Gangster, and right now we're getting that BBL freestyle. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's different. Well, you know, it's different, too, because it, it, it's a generational thing, right? Like, yeah. like everything, right? I don't. This is the culture right now, and that was that. that was then, so. It's hard to say, but yeah, um, yeah Drake. <laughs> no, no, no. These are good points. My my list of artists that should work with Alchemist is an infinite list. I've tweeted yeah. so many times where I'm like, I have to stop doing this. I'm like, Doja Cat, why isn't she working with Alchemist? <laughs> then I'm like, Yo, I mean, Doja Cat on her last album has some bars. Like she does, but she made it seem like it was going to be all bars, all Alchemist beats, and it wasn't. Some I of the know. songs like Balut, Alchemist vibes. Yeah. Dude, she, she got this one on there called 97 and that is like one of the craziest oh, yes. like adult swim sounding beats. I yeah. love that shit so much. What are some yeah. what are some of your favorite beats from the year? If you can I know you said you're bad with keeping track of the Oh year. yeah. Wapenese is, yeah. is up there for me. Wapenese ain't shit. <laughs> that, pi- that, that piano roll, that's just the shit that like gets me excited. Shouts out the homie culture cuz he really um he uh Found that sample, sent it over, and I just, you know, did what I had to do, chopped it, and Bro, that's that. Yeah, it came together really nice. 
that's a song where I'm I'm freestyling whenever Mick Jenkins is not rapping on the. Track. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Sam, Sam, what are your fair beats as he's looking for his? Yeah, let me. I was yeah, gonna say to make it easier for me, I just had an album instead of a track okay. to keep it easier for me. Okay. Um, this is not hip hop. This was a pop album that I dropped by uh, Caroline um, Polacek. She's a pop artist, and obviously, when it comes mm. to pop, we know how repetitive production can be. But she took it to the next stage with this production sound, with along with her like vocal inflections and things like that. Um, the album is "Desire I Want to Turn Into You." That's one of the best projects mm-hmm. so far this year, and, and I promise you, you're going to see it on the Grammy with the nominations wow. and possibly a win. Yeah. So it's a great. I album. gotta check it out. I um, found she was mine, in a though. band. She oh, was sorry. in a band uh, before uh, this single as independent as an artist by herself, mm-hmm. and she had like a bunch of samples and things like that of Kanye West using it for the Yeezus era. Um, oh, sure. Loki That's didn't cool. credit her, so there are some issues there. But we keep mm-hmm. it pushing. But it's all good. <laughs> Damn. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I found my beat though. It is yeah. uh, "Shut Up" by Overcast. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know this? No, I don't know. This. I've heard it actually. It's, it's a great beat. It, it's amazing. It's one of the hardest beats I've heard. And also from the same EP, he has this song called Reset that has like a beat switch. And the second beat on there is amazing. Uh, Shouts out Overcast. That dude is that dude is going to be one of the biggest artists like in the next few years. Um, I think he's incredible. For yeah. me, I have a and, few mm-hmm. of, I mean, I have a few no, of the name. Mm-hmm. So this is so my normal taste of like a fire ass beat. It's just sample heavy alchemist yeah. type stuff but i i will not stop talking about this album jordan ward and his executive producer oh yes Lido, yeah but they just yeah they just have such a sound to them the same way that like monte booker you just know it's a monte booker beat yes. and smino yeah. has a sound to him and they're both st louis and it's different sounds but they're both so unique that i can see why he fit with him oh, but that i think um fam jam or cherimoya or Cherimoya, I like some of my favorite songs I've heard in recent years. Just so good. Years. So good. Yeah. And I don't, IDC or I don't care with Juni. Like, yeah. Those two in a row, yep. like, those are my two top two songs of the year. Yeah. So fire. That, that may be my top album of the year. But honestly, no, that's not my, my top album of the year isn't even hip hop. It's, um, Word. put us on. You guys listen to King Cruel? Mm-mm. I should, I don't. King Cruel. He's, I um, put us on. He, yeah, he's this dude out of the UK. I know, I know the name. Um, yeah, he's been going for like 10 years. He's he's been pretty big for 10 years, but it's like alt rock but like really like dark but also like pretty and melodic and yeah. his voice it sounds like he sounds like a monster. But it's gorgeous. And he has this album um Space Heavy. Yeah, Space Heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably my favorite project of the year. It's amazing. Damn, I'm about to check that out. I'm trying to think, oh, I like, gotta. check that out. Uh, on the Conway album, which feels like it dropped years ago, but Chosen with Jay Skies, if, if you know what that is, that piece fire. I don't think I've heard that. It's a really good album. Um, I'm going to have to tap into that. Oh, so the, on the West Side Gun album, it's Suicide and Something. That beat is insane. You got DJ Drama Young in front of it. Mm-hmm. That one's crazy. Yeah. Oh, Secret Recipe beat with Yachty. Yes, Secret Recipe. Um, mm-hmm. The... Uh, uh, that's an album. Uh, what's it called? Kitchen, um, kitchen on, on the West Side. Kitchen Lights. Yeah, that beat is Fire. crazy. That beat is really beautiful. Uh, obviously, Conductor on the Drake album, 8 a.m. I, I mean, we can't stop talking about it. He needs to just do an album of songs like that because everyone he does. And this is the th- first album that I've seen where month, a month later, everyone's kind of together saying the three best songs for like, what would Pluto do? 8 a.m. Yeah. and Charlotte and the J. Cole. Like, Dude, just yeah, the J. Cole. Yeah. Lichen, just 
Just do it. Exactly. Exactly. It I angry so much. One of my favorite Drake songs in recent years is Champagne Poetry. Um, yes, Freddie Gibbs killed that shit. Yeah, amazing. But now nah, I like Drake's version better, honestly. <laughs> Drake, I mean, Drake, it's great. I think it was produced by uh, Sango, if I'm not mistaken. I think or Masego. Masego, no, yeah. Sango. Mm-hmm. Oh, Masego, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. That that beat is my, amazing. And my issue yeah. with Drake is sometimes the album doesn't feel like a full album. But to start mm-hmm. an album called Certified Lover Boy with like, I love you, I love you, yeah. that's how you start that shit. It is cohesive, yeah. That album is oh, terrible. Yeah. Well, now that it's about playlisting, horrible. right? Making playlist albums that's, that's and getting the singles out. Yep. And, you know, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask your opinion on, you know, the future, at least where production is going, producers are headed, um, getting their music out there. And I know recently you dropped uh, Matt Chops Volume 1, uh, basically a sample pack. And I know how important sampling is. There's a lot of producers, again, most of the old heads like me, when they look at production, they say that you should be starting from scratch. You need to make it from scratch. Um, but do you think that's true? Do you think it's okay to be able to use sample packs and use, uh, what's the advertisement that pops up on YouTube all the time? Um, like, uh, what's it called? You know splice? what I'm talking about? Spice, splice. You have yeah, spices yeah. everywhere. Um, what do you think about that? Keep sampling. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, <laughs> use anything. I've used... Mm-hmm. I've used TikTok videos of people playing the piano, not even like into a mic, just into their phone. And I take that, I download it to my TikTok to MP3 and uh, I'll sample that. I'll sample any, any sound, any, a video off an iPhone. I don't care. Um, I think it's great. I think it's really interesting to see what people are attracted to and be like, Oh, you know what? That sounds really cool. Um, let me take that and use it this way. And um, I think it's beautiful. I'm, you know, that's my stance on sampling. I'm, I'm going to be sampling forever. I yeah. got one last question for you. Dad. Oh, yeah. So there's always this debate, and Cole says this on Note to Self, if you've ever listened to the all of Note to Self. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you put your music in the world, you should let other artists be inspired by your music and use it. I believe it's mm. Sting who takes like 95% or 100% of songs that sample Sting. Damn. Should what is overreached by an artist? Like, I get it, you want credit because someone is mm. utilizing your sound, but shouldn't you also be happy that you're getting shown to another demographic that you're yeah. inspiring? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, and to be fair, I've never been in the position where someone has taken my stuff and sampled it. Right. I'm usually on the opposite end where I'm sampling other people. But I think, um, you know, fair is fair. Like, I think a 50% split, if you really even want to do that, I think 50 is more than fair um, because they're still putting elements, you know, they're putting a lot of work into using your sample. Um, And I know a lot of the times it's not even the artist who made the sample that's upset about it. It's their label or the estate or whoever is, yeah, getting, you know, all up in arms about it. But um, I think true artists are like very fine with that because they know that the inspiration and the influence comes from anywhere. So, you know, and and, and it does provide so much exposure. Like there are so many um, songs that are sampled, like, I'll see it even on like um, TikTok a lot, actually. Like, people will use a song that West Side Gun sampled on one of his songs, but now they're actually just bumping the original song, which is some like soul song from the 70s. And now, like, that 
that band has a whole new audience because of West Side Gun. So yeah. like, you know, I, mean, that's the I wouldn't be upset about it. That's the fun in music. Uh, the amount of yeah. song, artists I discovered because I looked up who this sample was. I'm listening to Stevie Wonder. I'm like, is this a smile yeah. beat? Oh, this is what yeah. Smile by Jay-Z sampled. Yeah. And, uh, yeah it all yeah. comes together. Yeah. That's and it makes shit. it, it almost makes it more enjoyable when you hear that. Like I'll listen to like Mad, uh, Mad Lib, uh, MF Doom and he would sample, actually a lot of people would sample Steely Dan. Um, so Kanye would sample um, uh, Mad Lib, MF Doom and, and, I'll listen to that. I'll be like, oh, that's from that song. And it makes you like the other song more too. I, I think at least. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll keep a, doing I'll it. Be a, I'll be in a retail, retail store and I'm like, oh, I know this sample. I'm better than y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great feeling. It really shows how important producers are and people forget it. Um, they can really make or break the song. And of course, mm-hmm. when it comes to finances, like you said, it's always important for producers to stand up for themselves. You know, try to get that 50-50 split or whatever type of uh, percentage they can get for the track. Uh, but do you think currently producers are getting um, like a fair shot or at least being respected in terms of the business aspect of things being paid out correctly? And then also, what do you think about the role of the producer too? Are we in a good space for producers, especially with the creative freedom and being independent and being able to put your, your, art, your artwork out there? Um, I will say, I personally feel like as a producer, I've gotten um, fair treatment from like 99% of the artists I've worked mm-hmm. with. Um, we're all on the same team at the end of the day. And I think everyone knows that deep down. Uh, and I think right now is the best time uh to be a producer and to like brand yourself as an artist as well um you know 20 years ago no one knew who produced a song unless it was you know maybe dr dre or timbaland or maybe you know the neptunes uh but like right now there's so many artists there's so many producers that are basically artists like you got guys like metro dropping albums you got guys like you know on that the other side kenny beats dropping albums like Mm -hmm. And people know these people by face. And I think that's pretty cool because, you know, that really wasn't the case uh, for a long time. Man, just spitting game today. We tend, <laughs> we tend to go way longer than our script because we love hearing about all this stuff. Yeah, we yeah. want to give you a spot to shout out your socials, where they can find you. Oh, yeah. You could find me uh, on YouTube. I'm just stoic underscore. On uh, Instagram, Twitter, everything else, I'm Stoic Be Good because Stoic was taken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Stoic, for being here. It means a lot. You shared a lot of gems and a lot of knowledge. Hopefully, um, people will follow through and you know listen to the right, the right, the right things to do and the steps to get forward in their career. But I finished at the end. Thank you so much for being here, guys, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Hey, and if you Be don't good. think that sampling is art, don't listen to our podcast. Then, hey, it's, it's, now it's, it's we're a, a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs>